This is uh, somewhat of a continuation, uh, and I'm not going to say it's a continuation of a sermon series because it isn't. It's a continuation of what the Father was doing last Sunday. Uh, I, I can tell you the, the Father is at work in this room, and today is different than yesterday. Last week, I used the analogy that we're no longer in the Shire. We're, we're no longer uh, in this American dream where, um, you know, it's kind of like uh, Lake Wobegon, where what it says that the, uh, the men are pretty or something and the women are, you know, average uh, muscles or something. I can't remember the story, but the idea is, it was this placid place, and, and I think very often we really rely on the American dream to give us that safe place, to give us that place where we can get ahead, where we can apply ourselves, and we can make our story. We can write the story of our life. And maybe there are generations before us who have attempted that and at least visibly have created what appears to be success, and it has lured many of us. But I believe the Lord is sharing with us that is not a true statement. Last week, I shared a dream uh, that was really about me, where the Lord revealed two things about me. One is that I'm not ready. But there was something else I shared in the dream where I was getting rid of things that were weighing me down, that kept me from being dressed properly. What is it to be dressed properly? It is to be equipped and dressed in the things of God. One of the things that I laid down, if you remember, my wallet and my, my phone uh, and a pistol. I didn't know where it came from. All week I've been reflecting on, God, what was the deal with the pistol? I don't own a pistol. And the Lord revealed to me, that is your safety. That's where you get your safety from. That's where you get your power from. That's where you get your authority from, your way of getting where you're going. It is the tools that you rely upon to create your life. And it prevents you from being ready. Because as long as I'm relying on the tools of my life that I have in my hands, I will never be ready to follow God. We have a great sense, I believe, of independence and willpower. It might be one of the greatest curses that you have being born in this country is our independence.
So this sermon is about getting ready. And the subtitle is, Pick It Up and Lay It Down. And the subtitle to the subtitle is, Lay Down Your Gun. Put down your weapon. Put down the thing own the tools that you have that are going to help you get where you're going. Your strength, your money, your, your intelligence, all of those things, they are tripping us up if you want to get ready. We used the example out of the book of Revelation last week where the churches um, were really churches in the world. There's seven of them in the book of Revelation. One of those churches we looked at was Sardis. We're going to look at that one more time and just pick up a few references out of that. Out of Revelation, it says, To the angel of the church at Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. He says, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive. God says, I am aware of your reputation. It's good. You're doing a lot of God things. A lot of activities, great programs. That's your reputation. And then God goes on and gives the actual condition. He says, I know your deeds. You have a great reput you have a reputation of being alive but you're dead. That's kind of a bummer, you know, to hear that from God. But, by the way, your reputation is alive, but you're dead. And then he focuses on what to do. The first thing, wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. Do you hear an urgency in that? Wake up, strengthen what remains. You're doing great on the surface. You look the part. You're the American dream. Wake up right now. Strengthen what remains. He says, You're unfinished. So the first thing we can do is wake up. Wake up. Look at the parts that God has in you and strengthen what remains. Wake up. It's that awareness. The second thing, hold fast and repent. Hang on and turn. Turn to the true life. And the Lord is saying, wake up. Strengthen it. Hold on to it. And turn. In Isaiah 31, this is actually not a unique passage in the scripture. Verses 1 through 3. 
What sorrow awaits those who look to Egypt for help, trusting in their horses, their chariots, their charioteers, and depending on the strength of human armies instead of looking to the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. You see, in those days, like today, they created alliances because this big bully country is over here. All right, I'm going to align with this country over here to help protect me. And they were, they were making a pact with Egypt. Egypt, would you protect us? And what they do is they pay money for this protection. In his wisdom, the Lord will send great disaster. He will not change his mind. He will rise against the wicked and against their helpers. And I, I think I left behind, but you should have the next slide. For these Egyptians are mere humans. They're not God. Their horses are puny flesh, not mighty spirits. When the Lord raises his fist against them, those who help will stumble, and those being helped will fall. They will all fall down and die together. When we, when we look for our safety and our security from our politics, from our nation, from our, our own influence, our own money, we are setting ourselves up to depend on something and somebody besides God. In the message, it says it like this. You look to everyone for help, and you never really think to depend on me. To be ready is to trust and depend on God. Go ahead to the next slide. Okay, good. In James chapter 4, it says in, chapter, in verse 1, where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. They come out because you want your own way and fight for it deep inside yourselves. Now, I want you to back up on this message, and I want you to hear it not about you personally. I want you to hear it about the world and the times we live in. I want you to think about God talking to the people of the world. Okay, you ready? God says to the world, to all its people, where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels are coming from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. They come about because you want your own way. And you fight for it deep inside yourselves. You lust for what you don't have, and you're willing to kill to get it. You want what isn't yours. And you will risk violence to get your hands on it. 
You wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? And why not? Because you know you'd be asking for what you have no right to. You're spoiled children, each wanting your own way. Here's what he says. You're cheating on God. If all you want is your own way, you're flirting with the world every chance you get. You see, if our faith, if our walking with God is about accomplishing our ideas, our values, our understandings, it says you're cheating on God. And the scripture says you end up enemies of God and his way. God goes, this is kind of the conclusion of it. God goes against the willful proud. God gives grace to the willing humble. So yet let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. When we make God compete, when we make him compete for our affection, for our time, for our will, when I spend more of my day considering how to get what I want out of my day, I set myself up to be what Scripture says, an enemy of God. All it means is I am, I am not with God. Do you know that the Scripture tells us No one comes to the Father except through him. And it also tells us that no one can be drawn except by him. How can we live our life? How do you live in this world and follow Jesus? How do you get ready? Here's what... I believe the Lord is saying to us, my spirit is the only one that can really change you. If you're selfish, you're selfish. If you're angry, you're angry. If you have just a little bit of faith and not very much, there is one solution for us. The good news is, you can't fix it. God can't.
Last week, we had a, a significant response to people for different reasons, but basically feeling like they're not ready. But for us to change, for you to leave here and not just be filled with guilt, for you to leave here and say, I have to do something, I, I trust you will fail. For you to leave here and say, I'm going to do better, I, I don't think you're going to make it. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think we can do a lot better than we're already doing. I think we're, we're doing all we can. So when God says you're not ready, what he's saying is, why don't you let me have a shot? I see you've worked hard. You've worked hard to be good. You've worked hard to read the Bible. You've worked hard to pray. And you've had really mixed results. Some of us, our results suck. And I can tell you, for the last probably two months, my spiritual life has sucked. I've struggled to read the Bible. I've struggled to pray. You know, and I, I put some more pressure on myself, and, and I read more, and it's not saying anything to me. Anybody ever do that? I get up in the morning. There's things I need to get done early, and I get going before I really connect with God. And I feel guilty about that along the way. I'm going to fix that later on. And later on, never quite gets there. And the truth is, there's not too much I can fix. I'm doing the best I can. Now, this is me with my gun, my chariots, and all these things. I'm doing the best I can. And I think the church is doing the best it can. But I don't think we'll be able to follow God with our best. It would take very little for our world to crumble, folks. But because we're not really able to trust God for those kinds of changes, we're afraid of politics. We're afraid of, of Ted Cruz. We're afraid of Hillary Clinton. We're afraid of Donald Trump. And then secretly, some of you are praying Donald Trump goes into office, and, and secretly some of you are praying for other things. And, and some of you are really in line with the militias that are up in the, Midwest, the Northwest, and you're saying they probably are closer to accurate at making things right again. And everybody brings an opinion of how man can fix man, and we look for the right chariots and horses and the right guns to make a difference. And other countries can look at a great country like the United States 
and envy or despise. They can think if we had their guns and their money and their power, we too could be great. This week, I was uh, taking a bunch of expensive wood, you know, it's a very expensive wood, an exotic wood, up to the north of Houston, and there was these giant rain clouds ahead of us, and it began to rain, sprinkle on the, on the windshield, it was like, great, 30 miles more on the freeway, great. I can translate that. Just my luck. Everything happens like this, doesn't it? You want rain, you can't get rain. You don't want rain, it's all over the freaking place. I felt like the Lord said, why don't you trust me? Why don't you talk to me? So I said, Lord, this is what I said. Don't laugh at me. Part the waters. Some of you are laughing. I kind of laughed too when I said that. But that's kind of an upside down example. But he did. And that wood did not get rained on. And I tell you, I knew. I knew when I prayed that, that wood was going to show up dry. I knew it. I thought, this is what it feels like to be ready. This is what it feels like to walk with a God people can't see, but he's more powerful than everything created. This is what it feels like. In the Old Testament, where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were going to be thrown into the fire, this is what they felt like, uh-oh, it's not a problem. Really, you're going to get thrown into a fire. It's a problem. No. It's not a problem. The Lord is looking for you and I today to do something crazy. To begin to look at our lives and say, what are my idols? What are the things that I use to keep me safe? What are the things I depend on to be okay? Because they keep you from being ready. Our politicians will not fix your world. Some of you would like to vote this whole crowd out, 
and get a new lot to work with. But we search in vain for a Savior among men. We search in vain. I love our soldiers. I love their bravery and their courage. I believe in what they're doing. But we won't fix the world. Not with a gun. Years ago, I was asked this question in this church by a skeptic. He said, all right, so you're going down into the troubled areas of, of Colombia, Mexico, and the place you go, and you go to the worst places. Would you rather have a gun or a Bible? I said, it depends on what I want to accomplish. If I don't want to protect myself, I, I might take the gun. But if I want to reveal and reflect the true, powerful, and living God who's capable of saving everyone, who's capable of healing and saving people on both sides of the gun at the same time, I would take the word. God is calling you to be a people of his word. He's calling me to trust recklessly, crazy trust. He's calling you to lay down your American dream. He's calling you to be a people of the Spirit, people who listen in their spirit for the move of God, the words of God, and to know they're always there. He never, ever separates us from his presence. He never withdraws from our moment. You see, the people of the Spirit never forget that's the go-to. That's the instinct. We struggle to be a people of the Spirit. We're used to being a people of the flesh. Do you notice the words it says out of Isaiah? Those horses aren't spirit. They are not connected with me. We're running like a horse very often. We're not running in the spirit. And many of us are really uncomfortable with it. I don't know if that's the Lord's voice. I don't know if that's the chili cheese dogs. God says nothing. All these things. I'm just, I'm just here to say, the spirit is with you and is ready and willing to speak to you. Make that a priority, and that will be a reality. And if that's not true, if what I just said is not true, then we are fools to be here at all. So today, 
we're going to do some more worship. I want to invite you into something different. I want you to invite the Spirit of God to speak to you, to talk to you. I want you to come before him looking at these words and allowing the Spirit to minister to you. Today, step into the clothing of being the spiritual person you are. You can hear. Like the five-year-old girl, the whisper of God is yours and it's mine. Let worship today be between you and God. Let his spirit minister to you, draw you into repentance. Let it forgive you. Let it hold you. Let the Spirit love you and show you how you're accepted and, and how the Lord knows you've worked hard for him. You've tried to be good. You've tried all that stuff. And now his call is, now let me take a shot at it. Let me do that. Let me take the weight of change off of you, the weight of being stuck off of you. Let me handle that. He is strong, and he is not tired. He's not cynical. He's not afraid. And today he will heal you. He will speak to you. So you're going to need to eliminate in your head, the people around you. This is not about them. This is about two individuals, you and the Spirit. The two of you have known each other a long time, and yet for most of us, this might be close to an introduction, even an awkward one. The world will be a different place in 2016. The Lord promises he can make you ready. So we're gonna worship. We're gonna have some ministry afterwards. I don't know, I have no idea what I'm doing, okay? Just, just so you know, I don't have a strategy at all. I'm like about 14 minutes beyond any strategy I had coming into this thing. But I know the Spirit is here to do the business of the Spirit with you and me. I know that is true. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Minister 
to us today. For some of us, Lord, some of us are skeptical. Some of us are tired. Some of us are distracted. My prayer is you meet each one of us where we are. The skeptic, the cynic, the distracted, the tired, the angry. Here we are. Go to work. 